0: Bandwidth for the Weird Things Podcast provided by Tree, For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on
1: over to WiredTree.com.
2: Welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Maine, joined by Brian Brushwood. It's a true fact, and this is a jingle
1: about the true fact that Andrew just said. And Justin Robert
2: Young.
0: Hey! hey I'm back, everybody! <laughs> uh, I bet you that hole in your heart for the last two weeks is now
2: snugly filled with me, Justin Robert Young. Point to Brian Brushwood for starting with a song. Minus five points to Justin for trying to ingratiate himself so pathetically.
0: <laughs> I just I feel like I'm I'm, I'm I'm, the deadbeat father that shows up after the last out of the Little League game. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm just trying to make it up. I'm trying to bring, you know, let's just let's just I'm going to I'm going to repair our relationship. Me and the weird things listeners with
1: with good deeds of insight here in this episode. Oh, I'm excited because I told – just before we went uh, live, I told – or maybe after we went live, but before we started recording, I told Andrew that I come bearing gifts. I come with a July 4th Independence Day-themed scenario. Go for
2: it. Let's jump right in.
1: If if you believe everything you hear, this is allegedly based on a true story. So I want you to imagine – Apocryphally, anecdotally, based upon a true story. One of you two – is hosting a Fourth of July family get together, so I guess okay. I guess this will be Justin. Justin. Ooh,
2: awkward. Sorry, guys, I forgot to send you your invites to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I want you to imagine that you live uh, uh, on on the outskirts of town in a very nice neighborhood. Yeah, okay. uh, you invite uh, a bunch of families over. You got uh, got a uh, husbands and wives. You got a couple margarita machines, one flavored pina colada. You got um, uh, you know, this gorgeous view from from your uh, your pool got one of those. Uh, what do they call them? Infinity pools. So it looks oh, awesome. nice. Yeah, kids Joke, are playing. Porn pool. Got it. You, uh, uh, we, we get to a point where uh, it's time for fireworks. You, yeah, you didn't go overboard. You just got a few fireworks. You know enough to set off a few bottle rockets.
2: You got your little holder set up. Then Ooh, you, whoa! You, I'm I live in California. Those are. Uh... Might as well be walking around an AK-47, okay?
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I want you to imagine. You know what? Just for sake of discussion, let's say this takes place in Austin, Texas. Just Because okay. I know you guys can picture what this looks like, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you have your finale. Everyone cheers. People start filtering out. Sun's now down. It's quiet. It's uh, uh, winding down maybe, maybe around 10 o'clock at night, a little after 10. And uh, as you go to see a, uh, the next family out, yeah, mom, dad, two kids. You walk out, and on the uh, on the, on the, 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 the pathway to the, uh, to the driveway or to, to the road, and by the way, this is a nice, nice neighborhood. Super nice neighborhood. Yeah. You look down, and you see like a, a three-foot-long copperhead. Copperhead snake just lazing right across the path. What's, mm-hmm. what's your first instinct? Well, How do you handle this?
2: Hmm.
0: Where is the copperhead r- in relation to the
1: path? Like, do I need to step over the copperhead? Yeah, right? it's literally straddling the the two and a half foot wide path between you and and more importantly, there's a social element too, right? Because you got this family getting ready to leave. You look and you think you think it's a twig at first. You think it's a stick. Then yeah. you just see it shift just a little bit. Now I'm not really running off or anything. Just shift enough to where your lizard brain turns out to be right for that one in a hundred times, and you're like, ooh, snake. And you and you and you uh, you pull out. You happen to have sitting around here what looks like it's an LED lantern that you took from camping. And you hold it up like like an old barkeep investigating a cave mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure enough, I mean that's definitely a snake. A couple kids scream. They tuck back inside. All the ladies go inside. It's just you two gentlemen out there in front of this house. Um.
0: Well, we probably want to get the snake out of there, right?
2: I'm sorry. I'm actually on the second floor, looking through the window, yelling down whatever I'm going to (laughs) do.
1: All right. So it's just me. You do have a rake. There's a rake sitting right next to you
2: at the. What am I going to hire him to do? Some like lawn work? What? (laughs) Got no hands, Brian. That's the dumbest idea ever. It is.
0: It's really weird that you would suggest that. I'm gonna take the rake and unconventionally try to try to just push it off away from the path.
2: Wait, is this a trick? Is this like a child's like little sand bucket plastic rake? Because it's like a oh no no
1: no, this is like you know you got the wimpy rakes with just the the long tendril fingers, and then you got the man rakes that that are like like uh, that are poured liquid all over my laptop that I just did. All right,
2: first off, if the snake is still there after my girl is shrieking, yeah, you know it may be dead. Um, <laughs> I would. Certainly, you know, I'd be like, hey, Snake, what up? Is snake just hanging? Is he just like, hey, yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, I was trying to get a nap. You know, it's late. But uh, some jerk offs were blowing up fireworks and stuff. (laughs) All right.
1: So uh, to to complete the picture, uh, I believe it was Justin says he grabs the rake. Yeah, this-
0: I, I, I I I I equip the rake in my right
2: hand. Okay, good. Oh, can I can I? This roll, is good uh, because can because I, can I roll can I roll a uh, roll like a charm spell? Can I? Uh-
1: yeah, well, yeah, no. Uh, uh, well, at this moment we're sitting here, we're looking at Justin. It was a pool party, so he's he's got a bathing suit on, but you don't really see it. He's only wearing a towel wrapped around his r- waist, and he's holding uh, in one or two hands this rake. Uh, staring intently at this copperhead that is keeping his guests from being able to leave you know, your party. Uh, but before you do, you say, you say, hold, Justin, allow me to charm the snake. Uh, and, and what do you what do you do to charm the
2: snake? Me personally, I'm I'm wondering, like, is why is the snake still there and not reacting to people? I'm getting a little bit worried and I'm thinking, how much gasoline do I have?
1: Uh well, it's it's sort of just staring at you warily, you know? You could tell it's on edge. It's All right, on hold edge. on. Yeah, pause
0: for a second cuz I, I I mean I know in general snakes and large snakes are very weird and and scary. Uh, is this a particularly poisonous snake? Uh, Copperheads
1: are pretty nasty. They're not as nasty as a rattlesnake. A rattlesnake, uh, there's, I, I think it's one in 20 people die when they get bit by a rattlesnake. Copperhead, uh, to put it in perspective, my Dalmatian got bit by a copperhead, uh, man, 15 years ago. And uh, 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 her face ballooned up to like a softball-sized... Right side of her face, and we had to, you know, we were lucky enough that we went to the vet, and the vet gave her a, a shot of cortisone, and she turned out okay. But, but you know, it's a nasty thing to get bit by a copperhead. Probably not life threatening, but then again, you got kids, you got kids running around, your neighbors. Okay, all right, but but everybody's in the house now. It's just me and the snake with this rake, right? Yeah, well, you and Andrew. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna forsake a discussion. Let's say Andrew at least has the courage to hang around and hold up. The old timey LED lantern, while you stand there resplendent in your loincloth, holding, clutching this uh, this rake, staring at this copperhead.
2: I like uh, that you think that both of us are still standing around. I mean, that's, <laughs> we're flattered. We're very flattered by this, bro. Well,
1: well, I guess the, the the the
0: the key would be trying to figure out how this snake.
1: Uh, where you push the snake, right? Oh, so you're you're thinking let's just usher him off the path and, yeah. and we'll get back to business. Um, a TV show told me that's what to do with a snake. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, so, I mean, I'm uh, guessing that the snake does not want to... The, the, the snake has not laid himself or herself in front of our path so as to uh, show dominance, right? Sure, but, sure. Well, let's it's say probably scared and wants to get somewhere
1: quieter and and, and isolated, so...
2: Saripota.
1: So, okay, let's say for sake of discussion, the door cracks open, and Ashley, in a stunning reversal, says, I swear to God, Justin, this party's been great, and our guests are in danger, literal danger now, of being bitten by this thing. You kill this thing. And looking at it, assessing it, it's about three feet Man, long. Man, you
2: came far from PETA. <laughs> I know, Jesus. Yeah,
0: I know. So now she is. Uh, she's like, there's only one ethical treatment for this animal, <laughs> the sweet release of death.
1: <laughs> so you look over, and it's about three feet long. You know that snakes can only strike half their body length. It's not a giant strength. It's a snake is about three feet long. This rake is about six feet long. So it occurs to you that maybe if you, if you lean forward and just kind of gave it a giant swing down. You might be able to just break that thing's back.
0: Oh, oh All right, hold on. So Jeez. now we're, we, we, we've gone. So now the idea of me ushering it off the path is out, right? Now this is just do you have the,
1: the uh, a skill, precision, and guts to murder a snake? Well, here's pressure? the thing. Here's the thing. There's one snake that was on the path. You saw three when you first walked out. One is sort of scurried off to the left. Oh, so we're like the, snakes were doing it. The other one is laying there right in the grass next to it. You got one three-foot copperhead directly in the path. You have another one kind of lounging off just to the side of it on, the, on, the, on, the, on the, the grass. And you saw a third rush off into the distance. That, I like Andrew's
0: idea that they, were, that they were mating. And one of the snakes just looks up at you and says, like, hell of a party,
1: huh? <laughs> All right, so at this point, one of your guests... Walks up, forcibly yanks the rake out of your hand, slams it down and three times it kills one of the copperheads. Then slams it on the copperhead to the left of it. Danger averted. Crisis averted. It's around this time Brian Brushwood walks out of your uh, bathroom where he was changing clothes after the pool party and says, hey, guys, what's going on? He hears about this crazy snake thing that happened. Say so there was one here, and we killed this other one here. We think there was a third one, but it got
2: away. It, you went to go, you sent them off as a warning. Sure. Back to, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, yeah. Tell the others, tell yeah, our story. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> tell them what happened to you. There.
1: So it's around this, so so Brian, you know, maybe, maybe Bonnie shouts out like, uh, hey, we're not leaving until this is clear. Can you guys just clear this path? And so uh, you guys are, you know, high-fiving the guy with the rake, and, uh, and I walk around the corner, and you hear me say, I found the third one! I found <laughs> the third one! Okay. I don't know if either of you guys are grabbing the rake at this point, but let's say the, the pro football guy runs over with the rake, smashes it again, a third copperhead. The snake
2: serial killer.
1: Then, Brian runs across
2: the fourth Copperhead. Jesus.
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> this one, a little bit smaller. And you're telling this to me as I'm on in an Uber on my way to the airport. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. Not in Austin. Big <laughs> Snake Lobby made sure that wasn't going to happen.
2: <laughs> oh!
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the fourth, fourth Copperhead, smaller. We're talking about maybe a little over a foot long.
2: Um... We call that the baby snake, Brian. The child, the orphan, the orphan snake. Okay, tell us about the orphan snake.
1: So at this time, uh, let's assume, for sake of discussion, that Justin, uh, Justin, and I—I uh, I, I guess Andrew's gone—but <laughs> okay. but the rake, the rake master has yeah. now appointed Justin and I uh, uh, spotters with our with our lantern lights. Okay, as we walk around and sweep the area. Because we're about all have to guide kids through this path. Then we spot the fifth Copperhead. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and the sixth Copperhead. <laughs> and <laughs> the seventh Copperhead.
2: So this is like a, This was a, a snake a, a, mate. This was a big... Uh, you had yourselves a big snake orgy. Uh,
1: yeah. So uh, I'm going to send a picture uh, explain oh. to us what a snake orgy looks like <laughs> as I send over these pictures.
2: Well, you know, the snakes Ask aren't getting mom, together kids. to caucus to see who they want to vote for, you know, president. They're getting together because it's heat, they're in heat. It's time to mate. And so sometimes they all bunch up together and have a little party. Um, <clears throat> that's probably what's going on here. Remember what I said about the gasoline before? I wasn't kidding. You don't have to set them on fire, but, you know, the gasoline, they don't like it on their skin. Oh, really? Well, that's what I learned from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, we had so that. So. Remember, we talked about that house that turned out that like every year or so, like that's where all the snakes like to show up. Oh yeah, no,
0: it was it was built on top of it, right? Like like the yeah. dormant snake nest that, yeah. uh, and I think it was it was it was irregular. It wasn't like every year. It was like yeah, once was every bigger. like five years or something that the snakes oh, just shit. erupted out of this like den Jeez. that they were hibernating in. Uh, hey, just realize I, would, that I would
2: prefer that ghosts were real. To that, oh my <laughs> God, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I would, just- I would be okay with the paranormal activity happening to some poor family, you know, every couple years, every every October, whatever, every se- every season, you know, maybe even Purge Night. Then you would prefer <laughs>
0: Purge Night than than the the possibility that your house or apartment complex could be erupted. Uh, by a gigantic explosion of of snakes, hibernating snakes. Because they tell
2: you when the purge is coming. Yeah. And listen, I haven't seen the movies. I don't know a whole lot, but here's my whole solution for purge night. Um, Hey, guys, let's go take a trip to Canada.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here's my thing about purge night. They hold their purge three days before. (laughs) Also... Like, there's a lot of ornate costumes in The Purge. Like, I figure, like, there either has to be a market, like, Party City has to be having, like, Purge sales, or, like, you're going to know who's going to be the violent super murderers on your block, right? When they're just, like, keep showing up with, uh, you know, uh, paper mache and, you know, other uh, 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 matching industrial-looking gang affiliation.
2: Well, remember, part of the purpose of the costume is that it becomes your other self that gets to go do Purge Night. No, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't murder your best friend out of anger because he hit on some girl I liked. That was Scissor Fingers Joe. Oh, yeah. Totally what Do you think different. That
0: they workshop it then? like, Or, or there's oh, just yeah, super totally. lame ones?
2: I like that. I'm working on my new Purge character, guys. <laughs> I don't want to tell you everything that's going to go on because I want to surprise you. And like you see those purge gangs, you wonder like, how does that work out? Because it's like, it's not like it's an enforceable. If I'm like, hey, Justin, do you want to join my purge gang? And you'd be like, I think I trust you. But purge night, people get a little bit weird.
0: Yeah, you know I kind of feel like it's got to be built on other social circles, right? Like they're all like they bowl together, and then like all, you know one of them mentions the purge, and and you know, they gauge to see if the new guys. Sorry, in, I gotta in,
2: erase something from my iPad here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, the okay. oh, horror! Oh, this is disgusting. Nature is gross. The sooner the robots take over and turn anything to a gray goo, and we are uploaded, the better. Yeah dude. This uh, is uh, so, um, It's
0: yet to come in here. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> that is a It's a pile of snake corpses. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They spotted an eighth one after we left. <laughs> uh, there Okay, so let's uh, Brian, you've been walking us through this as a scenario, but let's uh, so so what what the hell happened? It pretty much went exactly as uh, you guys played it out. Uh, it, it, it was uh, I, I, my my friend Stathy uh, just was this, this uh, severe monster with a rake
2: <laughs> on a rampage killing copperheads left and right. All right. And let me give you – for our audio listeners, let me give you an example. If you've watched Game of Thrones in the battle to retake Winterfell and those piles of corpses. Yeah. Snakes. That's what we're looking at. Oh, I mean yeah. a giant would have to run around this. No, in fact,
0: it. I would love to see uh somebody photoshop Jon Snow gasping for air from the center <laughs> of that.
2: <laughs> That is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. That's I a think.
0: horrifying experience. And this,
2: by the way, a very,
1: uh, a very, uh, a, a, a posh party that you were you were at, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a family get together, but it was it was definitely in a nice area, someplace like you know, there are certain places you go to somebody's ranch, you know, there's going to be snakes everywhere, right? So this
2: wasn't your house, thank God.
1: Okay. No, 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 no. Although it does make me think, well, what's so what's so special about this house that that uh, why, maybe there are this many snakes around my house as well.
0: Yeah, man, I feel like snake tracker. That would be a hell of an app, right? Just get an idea of where the snake's at. What have you just had? Because you know, like they'll they'll do those like warnings that'll buzz your phone. It's like a high wind warning or something like that, right? Like, do you think, what would you do snakes. all of a sudden?
1: It's like, it doesn't even tell you where they are or what yeah. kind of snakes. It just randomly shouts, snakes, look no, out. So, like, like you,
0: You've done this, especially like you go to different cities and everything. You travel a lot. You open up the, the weather app to see like what the weather is in a strange locale. And all of a sudden you see that little text up top, like from 12 o'clock to six o'clock, there's a high wind warning in like county, county, county. Like, what if? It was just like there's a uh, a snake surge happening in uh, the
1: following counties until 8 p.m. Like if that came on your phone, how would you react? I mean, th- that seems about as helpful as an Ambler Alert, right? I mean, it's like every time I get one of those, I'm like, I don't. What am, What do I do? Uh, I, I look out my window and see if I see uh, someone with a bandit mask running around with a kid. I mean, it's like I don't. I, it would be about the same amount of helpfulness.
2: Not watching I mean, the video. Not watching the video. Oh, the video. Okay, so the video.
1: <clears throat> you may mm-hmm. notice that uh, you know snakes, even after they're dead, their uh, their skin is subject to stimulation, and uh, even after the pile of corpses, if you poke I'm it with, the app app, with a rake, I'm the
2: looking at something to take my mind off this. They Go all ahead. start
1: wiggling and slithering oh, in this God damn, orgy Brian. corpse pile. Oh, jeez! It was uh, was it Texas as hell Fourth of July party? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the, it was it was uh, it was terrifying uh, the the strangest part to me was I don't know like at some point I was like seven that's a good number let's go for eight there's gotta be more around here like at some point it was not about <laughs> making a safe path to the car it was about like
2: I'm gonna find them all flash forward God, all right, eight I'm hours later I'm watching this on my watch right now hold going on to other neighbors yards <laughs> <laughs> Rattling bushes. Well, and a- apparently my
1: friend my friend was just like, uh, was like, yeah, so all these bushes are gone. Like all of this undergrowth because he's got one of those manicured, um, uh, it looks like a kind of a, a I don't know, like a, a six-inch high bush that extends, uh, I don't know, t- uh, 10 feet wide by 25 feet. And <laughs> you all right there, Justin? <laughs> just watching this bio of snakes, Brian. It's gross. <laughs> So you got to count the heads so you know how many snakes there are. Otherwise, you're going to get lost. Oh, look. That's a nice house. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, my God.
0: That is, that is definitely terrifying. You want to know what? That's, that's almost as terrifying as a
1: world... Where we didn't have weird things. It almost came true. Remember back in the old, in the bad old days, we didn't have time to always commit to doing this. And it wasn't until we opened up our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird things and over 400 people rallied to keep us regular. Here's how long we've been doing this podcast and, and, and how
0: long we were doing it irregularly. Uh, I found, you know, Facebook has those little like, hey, this happened five years ago, these happened three years ago. So several years ago, we used to do a YouTube series called Weird Things TV, and I watched it, uh, and uh, at the end, it was me apologizing for not doing more Weird Things podcasts, a more regular Weird Things podcast. This is a real scourge that we have eradi- eradicated in our modern era, but it doesn't come without uh, the support that you guys give us at patreon.com slash weirdthings.
1: A real scourge we want to purge. Uh, (laughs) feel the urge to to donate. make it
0: merge with your priorities. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. Put that on a
2: shirt. Put it on a shirt. So gentlemen, we have a sad story this week from the world of self-driving cars. What appears to be the first fatality with somebody using self-driving in a Tesla. And, um, this is... An ongoing investigation into this this was a person who's a member you know the Tesla owner who had actually posted YouTube videos of him using self driving mode and you know to be clear, clear up some concept- misconceptions perhaps about self driving in autopilot perhaps is that it's you know it's a it's a different sort of function when you're on a highway and you're an autopilot you know think of it as a cruise control that helps you stay in your lane. It's yeah. not making a bunch of other decisions. You still have to keep your hands on the wheel, and you still have to do that. And we may have entered an area, and we don't know. And not to speak anything about you know the tragedy, you know this person's lost, you, know, you know you know to the person's family and the loss of life there. So we don't know enough to know what happened yet. But we do know that we expected at some point we were going to get a self-driving car fatality. That was inevitable. The more these cars are on the road, the more miles. You know, Tesla now has something like uh 130, 130
1: million and miles of passenger miles which is uh 30% better than like the average human fatality is one fatality for every 100 million uh miles yeah. so it's it's 30% sa- it's track record already right now is 30% safer than humans driving
2: yeah and you know and i think that you know there's been these there's been these sort of reactionary articles of like you know prepared for like you know the self-driving car backlash or whatever I haven't seen that much i mean there's been like hey this thing happened we need to find out more but i would say that most the reaction this has been pretty pragmatic of like yeah you know it's it's safer than driving it's gonna get better and it's tragic but i haven't seen i don't know if you, your experience has been different but i haven't really seen this you know no i i agree
1: almost all the reactions i've seen have been stealing themselves for the backlash and the backlash is just not there and i think it's it's partly because uh the hard facts are are um on on the side of of self-driving cars um more importantly uh it sounds like this was a case of human error and it was human error on oh. the part of the of the semis uh, uh fault like it was it was a oh, that's different than what i've no, oh, really? Really? no, no. Both. So, no. uh, I mean, okay, all right. Well, then maybe the I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean not I, mean, I
2: mean, there's claim. The tractor-trailer truck driver says that the driver of the Tesla was what you know. They said they had a DVD player and was watching like Harry Potter. You know, yeah. so, so there's I, I a think, lot I think, of different accounts here. So I'm I'm hesitant to say it, anything. It is,
0: it is very important to understand how this accident happened. Uh, the Tesla driver. It was a a non-access controlled freeway. So basically, one of those. Freeways where you have side streets that you do have to turn onto. There wasn't like an on ramp and an off ramp. Uh, the Tesla driver was going uh, apparently very fast uh, up the uh, the road. The semi truck or the the tractor trailer was coming out. So imagine that the tractor trailer is like sideways compared to the car. The car did not stop or brake and effectively ran right under the tractor trailer. So this is uh, this is certainly something that that reflects a failure in the autopilot's ability to determine that that was something that needed to be stopped
2: for and, the, and something they'd said per, per, you know they said that this has they'd already now they'd already when you enable the autopilot it says hey by the way it has problems in these sorts of conditions
0: yes which is, I mean, yeah, something that they've said, uh, effectively the, the technical reason was the, or what te what Tesla in their statement speculated is that the camera had a hard time recognizing the tractor trailer because it was white against a brightly lit sunny day. Um, so that was, that was according to Tesla, that was part of the technical failure there. Uh, uh, this is obviously a, a, a tragedy. The man who died was a fascinating person. You know, he was a, a member of SEAL Team 6 and, you know, ran his own uh, technology company, was an evangelist for for uh, electric vehicles. Um, it, it's been interesting to see Tesla wrestle with this because uh, in, in, a, in a, you know, kind of a, a more dispassionate way, this is kind of a rite of passage for a car company. You can't build cars and not understand that people are going to die in them. Like that is what happens. Uh, uh it, it is, it is not an absolute. What is interesting here is that we have seen some of the, and, and I agree with Andrew that the idea of the hysteria has been a little bit, uh, you know, uh, overblown or, or not there. Although, uh, that's kind of what'll happen when news drops on a Friday before a holiday weekend. um, What what what's interesting to me is that this is the discussion has been centered around, you know, well, where are we with self driving cars? Does this uh, uh, make their their acceptance into mainstream society, uh, you know, uh, faster, slower, uh, uh, and and what what is interesting is that you know Tesla, uh, although in the past they have been very 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 quick to kind of highlight human error when other stories have kind of come out uh, in terms of their batteries being unsafe or Tesla's lighting on fire. They have, uh, or like the, I think it was the Atlantic article that talked about, you know, how unreliable the Tesla was. Tesla's been very, very quick to show all the data that they can to demonstrate that that might be overblown. This is something that they just somberly announced. And uh, I, I do have one idea uh of where we might see fallout from Tesla's perspective but that would be the question that I would like to ask you guys does this change Tesla's behavior in any way
1: uh i mean certainly it changes it in some way i mean uh, i'd be more interested to see how how it could it could not change a single thing and just you know shrug its shoulders coldly i mean uh, in in the short term they of course need to figure out what they can add uh, as patches whether it be something to alter human behavior with how they use the tesla cars or how to uh, alter the behavior of the cars itself uh, in order to handle that situation um uh, but uh but i guess i guess what kind of changes are you talking about in terms of marketing as I far know. as I mean, growing about the success of things it, it seems like in general you know when uh um uh, you know as airlines have been dealing with this for 50 years, they have a car, or they have a plane crash, they they get real somber, and then uh, a year and a half later, they're talking about low fares and and doing wacky Bermuda short television ads, you know.
2: And then quietly, airline travel becomes safer and safer and safer and safer to the point that we kind of forget how how much it's radically improved over the last 30 years too. Oh sure, sure. I I think that certainly there's going to be a lot of conversation about you know. Uh, the false sense of security, you know, have, making sure that people understand where the technology is is at present, um, you know, and uh, understanding how that works. Uh, and just just for the just for the chat room, there is radar technology built into this. The problem is, is that the profile of the tractor trailers was too high for that. Um, well, and
1: that's that's the again, yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know if it's incentive to picture it, but uh, that seems like a particularly gruesome. Uh, if fatality, uh, if essentially it sounds like it just tried to plow full speed underneath a, uh, tractor trailer that was too, uh, short, uh, so yeah.
0: horrifying. Yeah. I mean, it just, 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 uh, I mean, it is also a, a, an accident that is indicative of somebody that was not paying attention to what was in front of them. Uh, I, I don't think that
1: that's, one of uh, the most su- controversial to say one of the most uh, surprising responses that I saw because I was braced for the eh, cars, uh, computers are killing people. Uh, one of the responses I want to say it was in Gadget. I'm probably wrong or Gizmodo, wh- one of those guys. Um, they had the headline that uh, this is why we can't have half measures. This is why we can't have humans uh, touching anything at all. You know, this is, this is why. Why don't we have all the the robots well- driving all the time?
2: The the, the the problem with that is the technology isn't there yet. The, you know, is that is that you know there are all these edge cases. You know that you we have an example of where the you know, the radar profile wouldn't have picked up that wouldn't have necessarily solved this problem. And, you know, it is not the level five or the next level of autonomous driving. There are different levels of that, and we can say let's just nobody no don't put anything into cars until we have that. But we don't get that until you know Tesla's approach is with thousands of vehicles on the road is accumulating hundreds of millions of miles of driving data and looking yeah. at all those edge cases. And you can't just jump right into, let's have this fully formed thing. Cause you can't, it has to, you have to do these incremental sort of things. And once the technology is there, you know, I mean, this was, this was a, this was an edge case that Tesla says, Hey, yeah, you know, we, it can do in these certain situations, but the technology won't tell you about things in this other situation. So that's why you got to keep your eyes on the road. So, you know what's the solution here's here's the only thing that i i kind
0: of uh, uh went to yeah. autopilot is described by tesla as a beta technology mm-hmm. uh which it is and i don't think that there's anything you know wrong with how they have profiled it however i do think that there is a a uh Two factors at work here that I'm curious to see how they go forward from from here. Number one, they are obviously a flashy company that draws a lot of attention. When they demonstrate new features like this, they put you know a bunch of screeching tech bloggers into you know a, a car and make it go real fast and demonstrate all the uh, the, the the features on it. And uh, like any other tech company, they they put their revolutionary. Uh, ideas and inventions out on Front Street. Uh, we love Tesla because Tesla is uh, acts more like a tech company than they do an automotive company. But I do think that what beta means to a tech company or has meant to tech companies' relationship to the consumer uh, is something different than maybe... Uh, what, what autopilot could have been described as, uh, and, and, uh, you know, Gmail was in beta for years while it became this, the, the, the gold standard for free online mail. Uh, if, if autopilot is something that I, I think that there, there's an element of overconfidence with, with auto, uh, with autopilot. And, and this seems to possibly have been considering the, the, the unfortunate victims, uh, history with the, you know, the, the hands off the wheel YouTube video stuff, um, that, that maybe this was a consequence of, of overconfidence, public overconfidence in what is still a technology that is learning. And I don't think Tesla has ever gone out of their way to explicitly say that it's anything other than what it is. I think that they have been responsible with this. However, I, I do think that maybe going forward, there is another way to... to just express the gravitas of of exactly what the limitations here are
2: i I mean a take counter argument I would say maybe that one hundred and thirty million miles in the first fatality and it was a particular case that Maybe they everything's going kind of doing what it needs to be doing. You know, I think Let, that may, let's. I think maybe let's just carry on the way things are because they've actually worked out really well.
1: Well, uh, and uh, specifically, I think you, the the perfect metaphor was was what you said with the airline industry. It's going to be uh, a somber occasion every time this, uh, there's any tragedy like this, but it's quietly, uh, it's going to iterate. And unlike, you know, Boeing 737s, uh, they're going to be able to just download software patches that suddenly make uh, uh, the cars safer and safer. Just like your iPhone got better and better over time, these cars are going to get safer and safer over time, even being the same units.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I guess, uh, I, I think that there is, uh, and and I, I, I think that things are going well. I just think that uh, they're, there's a lot at stake. Tesla is not just a company. Tesla is a kind of proof of concept. And, sure. And, well, I would
2: say that having seen some YouTube videos of some people doing some very stupid things in their Teslas, <laughs> you know, that I'm kind of surprised it took this long, you know, because it is this – it has become this, this really cool – this neat, neat, cool gadget to – kind of show off and push the limits of the beta but the problem is it's a vehicle that goes ridiculously fast and stuff happens and so um you know to be honest with you is that if if they'd had a fatality in under the average you know the u.s average of that i would not have been surprised or take that as a mark against the safety of the vehicle you know, it's in a class and a category of some of the people that drive these things. You look at some of these YouTube videos of people doing, they're, they're doing things you're not supposed to do. And they know that. They know there, there is, I don't think there was an, an awareness issue here at all. I don't think, you know, to my, I would, to my understanding, this driver knew exactly what the capabilities of his car was, found himself in a situation that, you know, we all have found ourselves in, you know, where we're absent-minded or whatever and something happens, but.
1: So in the chat, uh, a couple of people are echoing the sentiment that uh, they shouldn't call it autopilot if it's uh, really more of an assistant driver, uh, to, to which I say, I don't think you guys know what autopilot is. In a, in a, I mean, uh, calling it autopilot is a very, very accurate uh, proxy or, or, or heuristic or way to explain what this thing does and does not do. Um, uh, autopilot is a pretty good name for it.
2: Yeah, and when you and when you are in, when you're in a Tesla and you enable it, it tells you explicitly what you're supposed to do and you know where your hands are supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, and uh, you know that 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 was in my brief experience behind the wheel of the Model X. Um, <laughs> it was like, yeah, autopilot. Hey, uh, hey, dummy. Just so you know, this is what it does yeah. and does not do. Keep your hands here.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing on an airplane. You p- you click the autopilot button. It doesn't take evasive maneuvers if it sees, you know, a- no. an enemy starfighter appearing or something. It just it just <laughs> goes forward and keeps you to the to the lane
2: of air traffic to which you've committed. Did, did you say an enemy starfighter? Because that would have been really cool. That is that is what I said. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> 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 Brian, I don't know what kind of airplane routes you're taking, um, but I'm curious now. <laughs> I'm a hallucinogenic long way around. rides, man. Gentlemen, uh, do we want to do? We got We got to talk about what happens tomorrow. Uh, we fight aliens and make
1: everyone uh, their Independence Day.
2: It could happen because tomorrow, tomorrow night, Juno spacecraft, which has traveled an incredible journey across our solar system from our little planet to the Jovian giant Jupiter, is going to enter orbit around. The planet.
1: So what are we hoping to get from Juno that we've never seen before? I assume higher fidelity, everything,
2: right? Yeah. Juno is a very, very large craft. It's got a wonderful instrumentation in there. It's going to be able to pick up a lot more data about Jupiter and Jupiter's moons. And it's going to be on a, it doesn't go into, it's the the actual mission. I don't think that starts till October, but it begins its orbital insertion tomorrow night. And we will get a lot of data about it you know a lot of, a lot more data about this you know this giant how long has it
1: taken juno to reach uh like Jupiter? think 5 years it's not bad not bad longer longer than i would uh want to take but uh, but still it's not it's not um as long as you would expect how long did it take voyager to get obviously voyager took a very circuitous route it was like i want to say 10 years or something let me check that out
2: Yeah sure to watch that. That's going to be interesting. We'll be getting some good and interesting telemetry. I think NASA is going to be covering, we'll be doing some live coverage of that. And it's kind of exciting. You know, that you think about this is that we have a a distant world tomorrow. We're going to be sending a large craft into orbit around it and getting a lot of real time data back about it. And it's space is real. Space is real. Jupiter's real. That, 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 that glowing speck out there. We've, we as a species have sent something, There, You know, we've done it before, and now we're sending something there to go into orbit around it, which we've not done before.
1: Wait, what? Hold on. I'm 17 varieties of wrong. If it took five years for Juno, that's a heck of a lot longer than Voyager. Voyager 1 hit Jupiter in two years. Voyager 2 hit Jupiter in two years and, like, six months. That's insane. I didn't realize uh, how fast it was to get there.
2: Crazy. um, They're much smaller, too, so I don't know what they're, you know. Well, let me see. I could be wrong on how long it took. Um. uh, let's See. Uh, yeah, five years. Yeah, five years. yeah, yeah, but definitely, it's definitely
1: a much much bigger craft.
2: Yeah, Juno's Juno's pretty big. I, I went into the clean room at JPL and I saw, uh, saw the 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 test version of Juno. It's oh, cool. Mm. I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, Is it as big as a car? I would say big as a large refrigerator. refrigerator. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's uh. It's pretty big but then when you you the solar cells when you look at those things and how big they are i mean that's, that's just just
0: it know. is kind of insane like you know it, when when you really factor in you know this whole rocket science thing yeah.
2: no it's, like, actually it's about the size of a minivan actually to go take a look at juno spacecraft on google images and you get an idea of how big that thing is Oh, very cool.
1: So uh, when do uh, do we think this week we're going to start seeing images instantly or we're just going to be hearing about uh, about the telemetry says that it's all good?
2: Yeah, I don't think we I think we'll be getting telemetry. I don't know when we actually start getting images back from there. From as far as I know, the the official science mission doesn't begin until October 19. And that'll put it into a highly elliptical orbit. Yeah, I don't know when we start getting those data back. Still, though, that's cool, man. That's the most interesting spot in the,
1: in the solar system for my dollar. And uh, really, really excited to hear and, and see more about it.
2: Yeah, space is cool. Space.
1: Space.
0: Always spacing around.
2: <clears throat> All right. Gentlemen, ready for picks?
0: Sure. Uh, hey, I'll go first. I'm watching this uh, here television show called Preacher. And man, do I like it. I think it's uh really well done. It it's certainly a lot more uh uh expansive than I was uh, I, I was I was expecting it to be. I I was I was kind of underwhelmed by some of the uh the 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 pre-show hype for it, but I caught up with all the episodes. Uh I don't know if there's a new one tonight or not. But uh I I'll tell you what. If you are uh now that we are in a post Game of Thrones era and you want a little uh Kind of a uh, 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 fantasy uh, violence in your life. Uh, Preacher is definitely there. It, it is, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. I think that the three lead actors are just so magnetic and so charismatic that it's kind of hard to take your eyes off it. But uh, for some of the obtuse elements of of the plot, for which some of them are. Kind of really, really, really impenetrable. Uh, it's always it always looks good. It always has this like, you know, uh, kind of not, uh, you know, like almost like blood simple. Cohen brothers like sort of uh, sort of feeling to it, uh, while mixed with like some very kind of over the top humor. Uh, it really, really tickles my pickle. So go ahead and check it out,
1: Preacher. On AMC, <laughs> I don't think that's the particular part they meant to pickle, but uh, uh, or tickle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it a lot. Have you read the comic at all? I have, and I and do you feel like it does justice to the the story in there? Or from what I've heard, there's substantial out of order elements and stuff is expanded, and yet it it seems to be true to the spirit of the original. Uh, certainly so. I mean, you
0: know, there's. Uh, effectively, you know, there's a line in, in I think it was the last episode where where Cassidy, who is uh, the, the the preacher's uh, uh, vampire friend, <laughs> vampire uh, steward, you know, uh, tells him, you know, uh, like, hey, we got to get out of here. You like, you know, this all ends in a road trip, right? Which is kind of, I think, the the creator's way of pointing out that the entire preacher comic book is is a road trip. So. What they have done, and I think expertly, in this, uh, in this particular uh, iteration is basically tell a little prequel or, or a little, uh, not not prequel because, you know, obviously the, the big action that kind of sets the whole story in motion is certainly the same. But uh, it, it gives you a sense of who our main characters are as, you know, they are in this tiny Texas town, uh, some of them happier than others about it. Uh, dealing with it so certainly the the vibe of it is is very 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 much true to the preacher uh the preacher book if not maybe even done a little bit better uh the the you know the the like but in the comics they did this this that like yeah there's changes uh you know the big bad in this season is uh the big bad in like a little side arc that happens very very close to the end of the run of the comic books and uh you know so there's there's Little things, but at the end of the day, you get to see Jackie Earl Haley in an amazing role, uh, and and again, those you really can't say enough about the the the, the three leads there. They're just so
1: fun. Right on. So uh, I'm reading a book called A Beautiful Constraint about how uh, contrary to uh, uh, to. Uh, d- to what seems obvious, constraints can actually uh yield incredible advances in thinking ahead and um uh and, and clever solutions to stuff. Uh, uh what, a couple of curious examples. One was um uh <laughs> uh the 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 imminently imitable, highly unconventional method by which Mick Jagger dances in this over-the-top outrageous style. Uh, was born of the constraint of that most of the places where they were able to get booked in their early gigs, the Rolling Stones, by the time they put up all their equipment, he pretty much had about three feet by three feet to stand and perform in. He was essentially dancing in a phone booth at all times. And so he you know, wanted to still attract attention and, and be a spectacle, and so he developed his unusual dancing style. Uh, there's another one. I forget which company it is, but... Um, Uh, Oh, I think it was Audi. Uh, uh, Due to technological restrictions, they wanted to compete in Le Mans, and uh, they realized that they simply could not build an engine. Their engine would not go faster than the current top contenders. And so they asked the unusual question, how do you win Le Mans when you know for a fact – your engine cannot go faster than the other guys. And the solution they came up with was, well, we could take fewer pit, pit stops. And so they figured out so many different ways to make stuff that required so much less maintenance that they ended up winning the next, like, I don't know, two or four years. Uh, every single year they became the the top contender because they had a completely unconventional way of thinking about it. And the book's a bunch of case studies of that stuff. I'm enjoying it a lot.
2: That sounds fascinating. There's a there are a lot of neat examples like that. I look forward to reading that. There's a I remember like Volkswagen like with the with the bus, they had a problem. The Volkswagen van was that the, the the spark plug was so inaccessible to try to replace it that they just came up with a spark plug that lasted like two hundred thousand miles or something. You know that was the ended of like oh well I guess you know instead of paying you know sixty cents if we pay a dollar forty, you know <laughs> you another know, problem. Um and I've been uh, Corollary, I think I'll I'll probably talk a little bit more about it. The book I've been listening to, which is Hackers, which gets a lot into the the birth of the PC and how resource constraint and when Wozniak was making the Apple II, you know, how he was able to figure out how to take, you know, what took 18 chips and how to do it with 12 chips or whatever. Um, (laughs) I like the delivery too there. Uh, But what I am going to talk about actually right now, I'm not going to talk about hackers just yet, is on the same note, The TV show, the second season, is up on uh, Netflix, and third season starts very soon. I've mentioned it before. Halt and Catch Fire.
1: Yeah, you know, I watched the first couple episodes uh, of that, and then a bunch of, you know, my favorite seasons of other shows came back, and I fell off on it. But I enjoyed everything about those first two or three episodes.
2: Yeah, so Halt and Catch Fire, it's not, you know, it's a show set— you know the first two seasons take place in the silicon valley the silicon prairie in texas at the birth of the pc and so you understand that the 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 big the big dramatic point is are they going to be able to ship their computer in time for you know comdex or whatever kind of thing and it's it's a story where that's sort of the main drama you know everybody's complex they're they're messed up and they have their own i mean there's a lot of you know outrageous things going on but it's not it's not a uh, you know, like uh, my problem with like vinyl HBO's vinyl was that it had a very cool. Hey, we're gonna do a story set in the music industry in the nineteen seventies. In the first episode, you know, like oh, and we're gonna have our main sto- main protagonist involved in a murder. It's like, what? I don't think you need that. You don't need that to get me interested in a story. In fact, that's a distraction, and it feels like every other cable show in the last ten years where some. Of their – how do we make it? How do we elevate the drama? What I like about *Halt and Catch Fire*? It's about some really talented but flawed people who don't really work so well together but they all have their own kind of brilliance and season one deals with this it's it's a lot of it just they take part of it is like you go like oh it's like oh it's like steve jobs and wozniak Eh, yes there's dna of that but there's a lot of other if you're familiar with a lot of the stories of pcs and computing you're aware there are a lot of personality types that pull into there. first season is kind of about trying to create a radically you know more uh, efficient PC. Second season gets into whole, the, kind of the idea of the birth of Compuserve in these online networks and what were they? You know, what purpose were they going to serve? And then how? Where did some of your giant companies come from? Like where did Compuserve come from or AOL or where? What were they before? And sort of the birth of that. So it, it's a. I love that history. I love technology history. So, you know, listening to hackers um, and then watching you know, halt and catch fire. Highly recommend it. You right a really good, like, what was it like in the 1980s? You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you watch this, and if you grew up in the 80s, you just, you know, the first, you know, uh, Cabbage Patch doll hysteria, of course, and then, uh, <laughs> Transformers. you know, getting into sort of other aspects of it, you know, the the kitchens, you know, you just look at this like, my God, what were we thinking?
1: So, uh, real quick, Justin, you weren't here uh, the week I, I uh, said it, but I finally dove into documentary now. Uh, and I finally just finished that whole first season. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I I felt like it was strongest. I I, I felt like it was strongest. The, the episodes I liked the most just happened to be the ones that were direct note for note parodies of other things. Especially when I recognized the thing, um, like the, the the Blue Jean Committee one. Outside, although it was great to hear crowds chanting, chanting BJC, uh, it uh, uh, that one uh, I, I I I thought it was. Poignant and and sweet, but too but, long. Uh, yeah, it did. It felt it felt too long to me. I agree. Well, and and ultimately, I think that was, uh,
0: uh, I think written as an SNL um, digital short or or digital sketch um, that they wound up not doing. I think it was like Jason Siegel or something was supposed to be in it, and that that feels like the the most like that. What I think is ultimately disappointing about the Blue Gene Committee one is that it is kind of exactly what you would expect that Documentary Now series to be, which makes all the other ones that like kind of go in these fun, different, interesting directions, kind of really what the heart of that series is. Is that like all of a sudden... The, this creative team can also do a horror movie, or they can also do you know this kind of dark comedy that is that is on this other different level. With, with Blue Jean Committee, it's it, it's a note for note. I mean, like it is obviously done by people who have watched a lot of Rock Docs uh, and and want to tell the kind of uh, typical Rock Doc story. But I I, I agree that it, it probably could have been. Because it's two parts, right?
1: Yeah, 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 it's two parts, and I, I suspect, I mean, the cameos are insane, and I suspect that just all the cameo faces they got were just too precious to cut, and as a result, the thing just got bigger than twenty three minutes, and and it felt uh, then at that point you got to you know fill it out to get two episodes out of it.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think it was it was good, right? It, it's just like it's not. That kind of next level that some of the other ones. Oh, often. like
1: the, the 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 Canuck of the North and the uh, 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 certainly the drones uh, was yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, or the, the the what is it the the
0: thin blue line or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just uh, I mean, both of those guys are are so 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 good, and uh, I, I think it that that series does such a great job in kind of showing. You know that that they can be more because by and large, when you see Fred Armisen or you see Bill Hader, you know, with you know, probably Trainwreck would be the the the, the outside example uh, that does that proves the rule is that like they're they're like the really funny cameo guys who play a weird character with a weird voice or some weird prosthetic, and and they get the funny laugh in, like the bigger comedy, um, you know. But they're they're so so good together, and, and they really are
2: dynamic actors. So. I, I I very much love that series. Sandy Passage just probably made me a Bill Hader fan. That was just his his. That was I mean I've always enjoyed him, but that was right just seeing what he brought to that. I was just incredible.
1: I mean, it's know? almost all just him monologuing the entire time. Uh, similar with the 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 Canuck of the North one.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, uh, I'll, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit in after things, um, but. When you believe a character's reality, yeah, you know it's that's that's one of the keys to really good storytelling, whether it's as an actor or a writer. Gentlemen, it's been too many damn snakes, Brian. (laughs) Too many snakes. Come on. See you later, weirdos. It's been (laughs) weird.